You're listening to episode 177 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today is going to be a little bit different than most episodes. So I've I've rarely ever done anything quite like this before. It's going to be actually a coaching episode, and you're going to get to listen in on me coaching somebody live about how to start a podcast and some of the issues that come up with starting a podcast. Uh, so I actually put out the call on Instagram stories, um, and it was all kind of very last minute and said that I, I wanted uh, people to apply if they were interested and just to just give me kind of a little bit of a gist about uh, their business and a couple things they were struggling with and that I only had one spot. Well, I got some great applications so much so that I actually couldn't decide between two people in particular. So there are going to be two of these episodes and today's is the first one. So I'm going to be talking to Chelsea Wallace today and Chelsea is lovely. She and I have just chatted on and off uh, on Instagram for months now and she's come to me before uh, just asking a couple things about podcasts. So I knew that she was kind of interested about it and she jumped at this. She, she wanted to, uh, to come on and have some of her questions answered and I loved every minute of this chat. And Chelsea is known uh, kind of on social media as the launch copy coach, and she supports six and seven figure uh, coaches and consultants with crafting a seamless launch strategy and done for you copywriting. She's an absolute delight to speak to. I just adore her. And I'm really excited for you to hear this episode because I was very specific in that other than, you know, a couple little questions that, that Chelsea had dropped in for, into me, uh, I didn't want to know in advance what she was going to ask. Um, because I, I really want you to get a feel for what being coached by me actually sounds like and, and feels like, especially if, you know, you aren't able to attend one of my live events or you haven't had the chance to work with me before. I wanted to give you a better idea as to what that actually looks like and give you a bit of a preview. Uh, additionally, if this is something that you're interested in, if this is Anything that is on your radar for 2020, especially about maybe starting a podcast, using it to build your business, anything like that, make sure to jump on the wait list for my podcasting for impact course. The doors are going to be opening on the 23rd of January, 2020, and it's only going to be a cart open for a very short period of time. So I want to make sure that you don't miss out. It is coming up rapidly <laughs> and I'm really, really excited about it. So all the information for that to jump on the wait list will be in the show notes. If you're listening to this after the fact, when the cart has already closed, don't fret. You can still jump on the wait list and then you'll still be notified the next time it opens as well. So make sure to do that. And I'm really, really excited to dive in with Chelsea. And I hope that you get as much out of this as I did, because I truly love these types of live coaching sessions. This stuff lights me up and I get so excited about it. So I'm really, really pumped about this one and I can't wait for you to meet Chelsea. This is an extra special episode because I have not done a live coaching session on this podcast since 
one of my very first episodes uh, of Room to Grow. I'll link it in the show notes, and it was nutrition coaching. And as as everyone knows, I don't really do that anymore. Uh, well, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> There's no beating around the, the bush on that one. So today we are talking to Chelsea. Chelsea, I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> Same. So excited to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I put out the call on Instagram stories and I said, listen, um, you know, you have 24 hours to apply. I am doing, offering free coaching to people who want it, but I can only take one spot. And Chelsea, I was just telling you before we jumped on, I got lots of really great responses and I get so pumped about doing this, these coaching sessions <laughs> that there was another guy that I could not resist. I'm like, no, no, I have to do both. I can't pick. <laughs> so there's going to be two of these. And it, you know, if these are things that um, everybody likes hearing and listening to, then maybe I'll make it a more regular thing. So yeah, Chelsea, tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, your business. We'll kind of start there. And just so everyone knows, this is not rehearsed at all. I flat out said to Chelsea before we jumped on, I'm like, don't ask me any questions now. Ask me when we're on and uh, <laughs> we will just dive right in. So this is completely unscripted, totally live. You're, you're getting an ear in on what an actual coaching session uh, with me would be like. So Chelsea, tell us about yourself, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your business too. Well, first, let me say, Emily, thank you so much for putting this out. Like you were saying earlier, and I completely agree that like so many of us get stuck and feel alone in our questions and feel like, oh, that's such a silly question, but I don't have the answer to it and I can't move forward. And being able to like do something like this where other people can also benefit is such a privilege. And I know you don't just like put any and everybody on your podcast. So this, I'm like super excited about this. Now to answer your question. Yes. Hi everybody. <laughs> I am Chelsea. <laughs> I am the launch copy coach, which basically is the brand, the name. Um, really what I do is high ticket copywriting and launch strategy. So my clients really come to me when they are ready to launch their programs, whether it be a digital course offer, a retreat, a group coaching program, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And we work together to really craft the marketing message, craft the strategy around getting that message out there. And more often than not, they'll have me write some kind of copy related to that so that they can use that in their launch as well. And I really love doing this for my clients because I love to see, I love to watch their launches unfold. And then all the testimonials that come in, like all the people that say, oh my goodness, this was amazing. You helped me so much. I cannot believe that you're offering all this for this kind of value. Like all of those testimonials just excite me and thrill me. And the fact that I have helped my clients put something out there that is really changing people's lives and facilitating transformation in so many individuals and like that transformation has a ripple effect right and so i'm just thrilled to be able to do that um and that's really what my business is but emily knows i've been considering a podcast for a while so when she put out this call i was like okay me 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 please <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i knew that you were not only serious, just because I happen to know that about you, because you reached out to me on Instagram months and months and months ago. And we've just mm -hmm. kind of like had a sort of ongoing, you know, semi-conversation uh, on and off ever since. And mm -hmm. when you reached out to me about it, I was like, you know, maybe this is the push that Chelsea really needs to just 
throw her over the edge and into the podcasting <laughs> abyss and <laughs> finally get started. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, girl. We're, we're going to get you going on this. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> so since you've kind of been interested in it for a while, um, what is it that you feel like has held you back? So I think my biggest kind of blocks have been around two different, two to three different things really, but I'll just state my biggest one, which is figuring out a way to grow and attract clients from my podcast, but also have it be like interesting and engaging because um, I mentioned this to you, something that I've thought about is doing um, like a launch podcast, talking about launching and launch strategy and stories about launching. But I just wonder if that will be interesting enough. I don't know how many of you have that question out there, but I just don't know if it will be interesting enough and engaging enough. Um, and so I'm like, I don't, can this, can this be a business? Can I get clients from this? Is this a topic I should choose? Those questions like that. Okay. So something that I think is a little bit underutilized is talking to our people. And I, mm. I tell people this all the time, like Instagram stories are a really great tool to connect with people. The one thing that I will say, it didn't used to be like this. And I'm hoping that Instagram cracks down on this. All of the, the, the cool little tools that they give us, like the little question box and the, the polls and all of that stuff. I'm finding that every time I post those in the last, I would say month or two, they are flooded with spam accounts, flooded. Yeah. Like all the, mm -hmm. all the responses I have to sift through to even see like who's real and who isn't. And a lot of times mm -hmm. it's just, um, like, uh, people using Instagram bots and stuff. Right. And it's not yeah. real. So that makes our, our job a little bit trickier because before those tools were actually awesome. And I'm hoping that Instagram will make them awesome again. Um, because typically that's actually a really great tool to kind of gauge where your audience is at. However, you can still engage them in Instagram stories. You might just have to get a little bit more creative. So asking yeah. people to, you know, actually reach out to you um, or just take the time to sift through the responses that you get because people still love voting on polls. It's just kind of up to us to figure out who's real and who isn't. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's something to really consider as well. The other thing is too, is paying attention to the kinds of questions that you get a lot. And mm. since you are the launch copy coach, I would assume that you get quite a few questions about launching, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and most entrepreneurs who have launched will tell you that they have some ridiculous, crazy over the top story about <laughs> a launch that they did. <laughs> and yes. a lot of times those can be very pivotal moments in their businesses and, mm -hmm. and in, you know, how they're aligning with what they're doing, or maybe it ends up completely changing their goals because they realize that something didn't work or that they want to launch, um, from a place of much more ease as opposed to burnout too. There's mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. many things that can come with this. And I, I, as an entrepreneur, I actually think that it's really valuable to do something like that, but you're going to need to do a little bit of market research, um, and yeah. kind of test the waters a little bit. And the other thing that I do remember you, you mentioned to me, uh, just in your, your response to me when I put the call out for the podcasting coaching, I know that you also mentioned that you were potentially interested in talking a little bit about kind of like mindset reframes and stuff. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, you were kind of addressing it as like, um, a one or the other situation. 
I don't mm -hmm. think it necessarily has to be one or the other because half the battle of launching is mindset work and putting yourself out there, putting yourself on the line, putting your offer out there, um, being prepared for all kinds of judgments to come in and all kinds of issues that come up around selling and money and all of these different things. That's all part of launching. So I don't think that those are actually nearly as separate as you think that they are. I think that they're actually very intertwined and that you can weave that into everything that you do. And I think that, that there's a lot more to that than you're potentially giving it credit for. You don't have to necessarily pick one or the other. I know there's a, there's a lot of talk. I've been getting this question a lot lately about um, niches and you know, yeah. how, how should I pick a niche for my podcast? And I always say that my podcast is a really bad example because <laughs> I talk about <laughs> like everything from like, you know, mental health and relationships and infidelity to, uh, you know, running an online business and how to start a podcast. It, I seem to have kind of landed, but I didn't start that way. And I think that's mm -hmm. the differentiation. Like I'm almost 200 episodes in, but I, I, I grew into that. I didn't start with that wide base. And that's kind of the great part about niching is that you can start much more narrowed down and really talk specifically to like one specific group and mm -hmm. test the waters out a little bit. And then you can grow into that role and your people will grow with you because you're going to start to get more questions from them about other things that they would love to hear you talk about. And, and they're going to fall in love with, with you and your personality and the way you show up. So that is just going to naturally lead into some other topics of interest too. So yeah. you don't necessarily have to, you know, whatever you launch with today, I always want to underscore this for people too. It doesn't have, it, it's not going to be the exact same thing that is going to be what, what that looks like, you know, in, in a hundred episodes or 200 yeah. episodes or 300 episodes, there's an evolutionary process here. Yeah. I think as you were talking, a couple of things came up for me. Um, and one is this old, reluctance and resistance that I have to make it all about me. Um, and I was listening to you talk about, you know, like melding the two and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And shh, my team actually told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, but I really want to focus on this thing. And, and <laughs> it kind of, is what you said that like I can start niched, but it doesn't have to stay that way and it won't. And uh, I get to explore and expand. And it really is at the end of the day, my audience is going to be interested in like the things that I'm interested in talking about. Exactly. And, and this is the thing I've had a huge amount of reluctance around that as well. So I completely understand it because a lot of times when I do an episode that's like more just about me, it feels very self-indulgent and like almost arrogant, which is really not who I am. And I never want to come across that way. But the thing is, is that we also relate most to storytelling and, and you as a, as again, as a launch coach, you know, that like tying that into things like copy is really important because we, we, that's how we connect with people is through stories. And a lot of times our stories are just naturally going to be born from our own personal experiences. So finding ways to, to weave that in, it, it doesn't end up being just about you because people hear themselves and their own stories in the stories that you're telling about yourself. And yeah. they're already creating those connections and, and drawing those threads. And as long as you're showing up with value and you're not just telling a story for the sake of telling a story, 
you mm-hmm. were telling a story, you know, and, and the lessons that you, you, you learned from it and that you pulled from it and um, how that has changed something that you are going to do going forward or something like that. That mm-hmm. is the difference between just telling a story from kind of a more selfish, like self-involved place to mm-hmm. telling a story with a purpose. And yeah. that's a really, really important distinction. And <laughs> I'm so grateful for you because I know all these things. And sometimes you just need a coach to tell you what you know. So you're like, oh yeah, right. Um, I'll be okay. That's going to be fine. <laughs> you do. And I love that you said that too, that your team has already been telling you some of these things because it, sometimes this is why I always tell people who are afraid to show up on something like a podcast because they're like, you know, it's already been said a thousand times. I'm like, yes, but can you not think, because I can think of dozens of times when this has happened in my life, where I have been told the same thing over and over and over and over and over again by, you know, especially, you know, like our moms, poor moms, they tell us everything a thousand times and we never listen to them. Like <laughs> People tell us these things over and over again. And all of a sudden, when you've heard it for the thousandth time, something just clicks and you have that light bulb moment. And it's because someone said it to you in the exact way that you needed to hear it in the exact moment that you needed to hear it. So when people are, are when we're all really afraid of, of holding back because, oh, you know, so-and-so has already done that better than I ever could, or, or somebody else has already said that. So many people have said that exact same thing. Yes, but no one has ever said it in the exact way that you have said it. And no one has ever said it coming from the place of your exact personal experiences that brought you to that same conclusion. So somebody needs to hear it from you specifically in order to fully understand it. So that's, that's really important too. And we all need that reminder sometimes, like, trust me, I need that reminder regularly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really glad that that's resonating with you because that is. is something that so many of us get stuck on so many times. It's not the lesson that you learn once you have to keep relearning that lesson over and over and over again. And it, Every time you get it, you're like, oh yeah, I actually have something decent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No. Duh. I don't know if people still say duh anymore, but like. We're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. Um, yeah. That, that makes total sense. That is resonating. Thank you. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. So we've kind of nailed down a little bit about the topic and stuff. And then you were also, uh, you also asked a question about how to kind of grow and attract clients from a podcast, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm, you know, now that we're thinking about like the fact that it doesn't have to be either, or it can be both. And, um, I feel less torn about this idea of, can I build a business from my podcast? Because I've always kind of (laughs) separated in many ways, like, the, my business side of doing things from like a lot of the other things that I want to talk about, but it doesn't have to be separate. And so it's not so much of a, um, it's still a question that I would like to discuss, but it's not so much of a, Oh my God, I don't know if I'll find clients because also I'll find my people. And that's, a, to me, that's also a win. If that makes sense. Yes. Absolutely. And, and you had kind of said to me, um, again, briefly, when you initially responded to the Instagram thing about not wanting to kind of launch to crickets, right? Yeah, that's a thing. 
Yeah. And, and I think that that's also a really common thing. Like we get really tied up in the numbers and stuff. And, and here's what I, what I want to, to say um, to you about, about that is that I also like to remind people that if you see that you have, I don't know, 50 downloads, okay, you're like one or two episodes in, you're even 10 episodes in, you only have 50, you have 50 downloads. And we're, but we're thinking to ourselves only 50, right? We're like, oh, fuck, it's only 50 downloads. Like that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. People will ask me sometimes, you know, what's a good download number? I'm like, a good download number is, is the number of people that are showing up for you. And if it's kind of semi-growing over time, then you're doing well, no matter what those numbers look like. And the, your first podcast is never going to be your best podcast either. So I actually yeah. kind of preferred it a little bit when I didn't launch to some sort of massive audience. who was expecting me yeah. to be awesome the first time around because I will never like recommend my first podcast episode to anyone. <laughs> but everyone's going to go back and listen to it now. And I'm just going to be embarrassed because I'm like, it is not my best work, guys. Okay. <laughs> but we have to just kind of like get started. And when we think about speaking to a room of 50 people, individual people, that feels very different than just seeing the number mm -hmm. 50 on a computer screen because we're so used to um, tying value to large numbers in this digital right. world in particular, right? right? Like it's all yeah. about, you know, the number of Instagram followers and more is better and, and mm -hmm. all of this. And we have to approach it more from a place of impact rather than being so hyper-focused on the numbers. That's why I named my course Podcasting for Impact because it's, it's much more about the impact that you're having on people, the lives that you're touching, even just changing one person's life or giving them some sort of mindset reframe that they then run with and do something incredible with. That is what it really comes down to. And is that not more important than the number of downloads, right? And like yeah. this, this whole idea of launching to crickets, but it's a very common concern. And I understand it completely because, you know, yeah, it'd be great to like launch to a ton of people. That's also really intimidating though, too. When you really mm -hmm. break that down, that's enough to stop a lot of people in their tracks and never launch at all because mm -hmm. we associate so much more judgment with that. You know, the more eyes that are on us, the fear of success is real guys. <laughs> like I've done yeah. an entire podcast episode <laughs> on that. The fear of success is very real. And it, that's, that's why. So it's actually to your benefit to potentially have a little bit smaller audience in the beginning. And then it just gives you even more opportunity to grow. So mm -hmm. look at that as a positive more than anything else. I really appreciate that analogy of, um, like, look at it, like you're speaking to a physical in-person room full of people. And that's the number of people you're speaking to, because even if I were in a room of 10 people and I was talking about launching, that would be exciting to me and, or anything. <laughs> There's a bunch of other things I could talk about, but that would still be meaningful to me. And I think I probably just got in my brain a little bit because I like to like debrief launches and look at all the numbers and like see what could have worked better, where the strategy could have been improved here, blah, 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 blah. Um, but also equally weighing the numbers for what they are, which are ears that are listening to you, ears that you have access to, people's lives that you have access to. So I, I appreciate that analogy. I'm gonna, <laughs> that, that also like takes the pressure off of like trying to make it a whatever, like trying to get to whatever number of downloads immediately, you know? 
it doesn't have to be that if I'm just showing up and sharing meaningful things. Yes. So. And, yeah. and then on that note too, about sharing meaningful things, I also want to take the pressure off, off uh, you and for anyone listening with that as well, because sometimes that can be a little bit paralyzing because I, you know, I, I talk a lot about showing up with value and stuff like that, but sometimes I worry that, that, um, that that can almost put fear into people. Like what if I'm not showing up with enough value? And yes. yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Like there's this huge like stigma around it. Like, Oh yes. my God, I need to give everything. Like, right. What is value really? We've used that word. We've over, we've beat that horse to death. Like what we is, have. what is that It's like authentic. <laughs> yes, yes. 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 Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so this is the problem. And, and, and I think that, that what we kind of need to focus on is what is something that you would have benefited from learning more about? Like thinking about a lesson that you learned and telling a personal story to go with it, why you learned that, uh, how you learned that, and giving people, you know, even a single tidbit that you pulled from that. And part of this is that I think that people also often feel the need to fill a certain amount of time and I gave a, a live talk the other day, and, and this is, again, a question that comes up a lot, like, how long should my episodes be? And I give everyone's favorite answer, which is, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it is the most infuriating answer, but it's so true, because it depends on your audience. It depends on how long they're going to, to want to listen. Look at Tim Ferriss's audiences. It, his people are fully prepared and ready to sit down for a three-hour episode, and they are cool with that. And then other times you, you know, your people only want to listen to little 10 or 15 minute increments. I've seen podcasts where it's actually like a daily podcast and it's five minutes or less every single day. And people are obsessed with, with those. So it's going to vary wildly on, on your audience. And that's why my podcast is a little bit inconsistent in terms of timing, because I will often it kind of fall in like the, the 15 to 30 minute range. If it's an interview, sometimes like up to like an hour. Um, but I usually fall within 15 to 30 minutes. However, if I have something to say and it only happens to fill 10 minutes, like I, I say what I need to say on that topic and I get it out without being extra wordy or just trying to fill space or anything like that. And it's only 10 minutes long. I'm going to publish it anyway, because I never want to waste anyone's time either. So there, there's no point in me nattering on and on any more than I already do <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's not necessary, right? So I never want people to feel like value equals longer amounts of time either, because mm -hmm. that's simply not the case. You can pack a punch of value in a very short period of time. Look at Gary V. Gary V has so much, you know, content, the man is a content machine, but a lot of his um, little you know, bits of content can be a single tweet, like 140 yeah. characters or a, a 60 second Instagram clip or something like that. And he packs a punch in that. So I never want anyone to feel like more value equals more time. Like more isn't better. Better is better. So focusing yeah. more on the kind of like efficiency side of things a little bit and not mm -hmm. stressing quite so much about giving every single piece of information that you possibly can, because that's when an episode can also turn longer because you start to get off track too. Mm, so yeah. it, we can kind of, you know, turn one lesson into another lesson and then, 
we're, we're pulling from all different things. And you're like, wait, where did I even start this episode? So mm -hmm. staying very focused on one thing, because also acknowledging that you, you have time, like podcasting is a long game. So if, if one thing that you're trying to teach on can turn into five other things, make those five other things, each their own episode, because mm. you have the space, you have the time to do it and, and to, to release those episodes later on. And a lot of people are always worried about what to come up with for topic idea ideas. There you go, right? You can, <laughs> you can take one and if it turns into five, make those five more episodes and mm -hmm. break it apart so that you're not necessarily dumping everything you have into one single episode. But this is going to be a practice. This is absolutely going to be a practice. And this is part of what becomes a little bit more natural once you get into it a little bit more, but you don't know until you start. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask too, like what, how much of the time length too is like just looking at what your audience responds to and how much is, uh, how much is like experimenting? Um, would you, is that something that you I mean, recommend, suggest, say definitely do? Yeah, great question. It, the other thing too is, is kind of looking at what you're comfortable with because especially mm. if you're just starting podcasting, it, it can feel, it, it would feel very daunting. It felt very daunting to me to even think about doing a 45 minute solo episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> that is not happening, not happening. So yeah. I would rather that people start small to also take away some of the fear factor a little bit mm -hmm. and to get okay. more comfortable. And you're going to, to really start to hone your speaking abilities too, and to speak with more confidence as you have more practice and as you get mm -hmm. kind of some of those wins under your belt. So it's not just about the audience. It's also about what you're comfortable with. And a lot of times, especially because my first podcast, I started with a co-host, um, Fit Nourish Mind with my, my girl, Kate. And then when I switched to a solo podcast, it was actually kind of alarming because I'm like, oh my God, there's no one to talk to. I, yeah. I, it's just me. So it was this, <laughs> I, I kind of saw both sides of things. And, and when you have a co-host, it can be easy to lean on that a little bit too much. So being right. thrown into solo episodes is actually completely different. And one trick that I tell people, I would turn on a, a video camera when I first started doing uh, solo episodes, mm. just so that mm -hmm. I could kind of gauge the reactions on my face. And I found that it, it made me sound more high energy. Like I was, mm, I yeah. didn't kind of sound a little bit dead, you know, <laughs> it's almost like monotone and, and it's like yeah. more like doing a Facebook live or something like that. You can almost see when you can see your own facial expressions, it helps mm -hmm. you to be a little bit more expressive. So that can help a lot too. Yeah. That I, I imagine that would be helpful because it helps me like on a Facebook live. I know it sounds kind of probably sounds a bit self-obsessed, but like watching myself on a I Facebook know, live really so helps weird. me. Weird. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it totally does. When you can see your own face on camera, it's like you play off of your own facial expressions. It's really exactly it's bizarre, yeah. but it's it does mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Another question that I have, which is kind of probably diving more into like growing a business um, or growing your current business out of the podcast that you have, which I mean, you just said it, podcasting is a long game. So I'm not expecting this to turn around clients tomorrow, but <laughs> um, what is, how do, how do people go about that? Because I know like there's ads there's like sponsorships there's like when you're launching mentioning it 
at the beginning and at the end and making calls to action, but like, is there a best practice somewhere? How do you go about doing that from the get go in like a authentic way? Great question. The, in the, another very, very common question. So um, I actually have an entire podcast episode about this that I will reference in the show notes. And this is also something I teach uh, again in my course, Podcasting for Impact too. So one of the things that uh, always comes up right away is ads and sponsorships. People always bring this up first, sort of top of mind. I am of the mindset that while that can be a good fit for some people, I steer my people away from it, at least initially, um, at the very least initially, because for one thing, unless you already have a huge audience, it's very difficult to book ads or sponsorships right away anyway, because those, mm -hmm. those kinds of companies want to see the numbers. They are all about right. the numbers. And then yeah. frankly, that's just going to make you feel bad about your, your 50 downloads or whatever. Like you're already having a hard time with it, right? We're already having to do some mindset <laughs> work around that. And True. then if you're trying to apply to ads and sponsors and you only have 50 downloads, they're going to, they're going to shame you and it's not going to be nice for anybody. So yeah. <laughs> that's not what we need when we are just starting out. Um, my, some of my other hesitations around it are that first of all, trust is so fucking important when it comes to building a business, building a brand and building a podcast. And a podcast is mm -hmm. such a beautiful way to build trust. But a big part of that is if you are sending people towards, you know, a sponsor or a, a product or something like that, that isn't fully aligned with your people, that's going to kind of start to do erode that trust. Because yeah. they're going to think, well, you know, like she doesn't know me very well because why mm -hmm. would I have any interest in that thing or that product mm -hmm. or whatever? Um, so if you are ever going to go that route, I always advise that people be so hyper vigilant about getting to know the brand and the company so well and making sure that it's something that your people could actually really use or benefit from. That is very, very important. Um, mm -hmm. the other issue that I have with ads and sponsors is that I tend to have a little bit of fear of, um, any of that potentially taking away any of my freedom of speech because yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I swear on my podcast, I will talk about really uncomfortable topics sometimes, mm -hmm. especially around mm -hmm. mental health and things like that. I, I don't want to be censored in any possible way. Um, not that all companies would do that, not at all, but you have mm -hmm. to be a little bit careful and, and really, if you're, again, if you're going to go that route, you need to read the fine print so carefully, um, because you are giving up a tiny degree of control. You are guaranteeing a certain number of episodes per week or per month or whatever. Um, what if something happens and you need to take a break? Like over, uh, the Christmas holidays, I took three weeks off and then just re-aired best of episodes. But if I had had some sort of a contra contractual obligation to a company, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I needed those, those three weeks off from the podcast. Mm -hmm. So these are the kinds of things that I really want people to consider on a deeper level before you jump into ads or sponsors. Um, I'm not hating on them. I think that they can be a really good fit, but only under the right circumstances and with very careful consideration. So that aside, now that I've gotten off my soapbox <laughs> about the ads and sponsors, <laughs> how can we monetize then, Emily, if we're going to not do ads and sponsors? Um, so there are all kinds of things that we can do here. One of the things that you can do, first and foremost, I mean, we, anyone who has an online business knows email list. Get people on your email list. Offer them something that they need. 
that will address a problem that they're having, uh, some sort of lead magnet. It can be anything. It can be a PDF. It can be uh, free training. It can be something to um, you know support a, a podcast episode that you did, and you're kind of taking it into an even deeper dive in this lead magnet or something like that. So many different options. So you can do that and get mm-hmm. them on your email list. Uh, that's going to be kind of step number one, usually no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. Affiliates are a really great way to do this. This might, if, if you have a really new audience, you might need to build up trust in in yourself, like like with your people to your own brand before you start sending them elsewhere. But if you're a yeah. little bit more established, partner up with uh, somebody who has a course or a product or something like that, that you absolutely love. You really trust them. Again, make sure there's a ton of brand alignment because you're taking people's trust very seriously. And uh, typically, it's usually about 50%, like it's kind of industry standard. If you are affiliating for somebody's course or something like that, it's usually 40 mm-hmm. to 50%, but 50% is usually fairly standard. So that's a big chunk of change. And you're both benefiting yep. from that. That's really, mm-hmm. really awesome. Um, again, just making sure that it's something that your people actually really need. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, you know, kind of circling back to the email list, send people towards your own stuff. So your own courses, your own uh, retreat or workshop or all of these other things that, that you can offer, send people towards that because a lot of times we forget to even make the offer. Like we're, we're yeah. giving value. We're talking on our podcast and then we're like, hello, where's the money? <laughs> but we're never actually right. even giving people <laughs> what they're asking for. They want you. They're showing up for you. So clearly they would likely love to have more of you. And there's only so far, like we can only take people so far with a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we have to go much deeper than that in order to really help them solve the issue that they're having. Because when there's money on the line, people pay attention. So my, one of my coaches, James Webmore always says that the transformation is in the transaction. And it is so true. When we put our credit card down and we pay for something, we are much more likely to, to learn and to show up and to do the thing that we're trying to do because of that money. So that is something that's really important. If a lot of your people are struggling or something like that, are you actually showing up for them? Like the podcast is great, but what else are you offering them? How else can Mm -hmm. they work with you to go deeper into these, uh, into these issues and to learn even more from you and your expertise and really benefit from that in a big, big way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So what is it? What, what do you offer in terms of like coaching? Um, you know, what, what's your business model basically? Yeah. So it's right now it's one-on-one VIP days for coaches and consultants who are wanting to launch their retreats, their program, digital courses, all that stuff. Um, and of course, you know, like a VIP day isn't accessible to everyone in, in terms of like a price point, because that's like $5,000. <laughs> so I don't know um, whether or not that demands like, uh, well, it probably doesn't demand a shift at the beginning, because as you said, like, I'm just starting. So it's, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to like build up an audience immediately. Um, but I guess as I grow, I probably will have to think of how I serve a larger audience who is not all able to access that price point. Well, especially because there's also only one of you. You can only yeah. do so many one-on-one VIP <laughs> days, right? Like it's, it's not scalable to, you know, in True. a lot of ways. 
So it's not that that's a bad thing. I think that that's a really great, like, you know, big main offer, but I would definitely start to think longer term, what types of things you could offer that would be a little bit more accessible so that mm -hmm. you aren't taking people from zero to 5,000 range. And, and instead you are going a little bit more incrementally. Mm -hmm. And once, you know, it, your customers are, are more likely to be repeat customers. Like once you've already had someone spend money with you, they're more likely to spend money with you again. So yeah. those are the kinds of people that you can take from a little bit lower end offer. They see how amazing you are. They love working with you. And then they're the, the people that are going to be more likely to then buy into the big VIP day. Mm -hmm. But um, the good news is podcast listeners overall, the stats show that podcast listeners are affluent, uh, they're educated and they're ready to buy. So they mm -hmm. also tend to have more disposable income. Usually right. uh, I think the, the average income of a podcast listener is about $75,000. And of, of those, I think about uh, seven, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to get the, the stat wrong, but of those, a significant portion actually had a household income of 250,000. So mm -hmm. there's, there, there's money to play with there. There's mm -hmm. definitely the disposable income is there with podcasting, which is why a lot of uh, companies and, and sponsorships are paying attention to this because they recognize that there is a lot of money to be made. Um, mm -hmm. But longer term, I would start to think about some things that would be a little bit more on, not low end, but just a little bit more accessible to like incremental, like yeah. not like the whole, because yes. in my VIP day, like you plan your entire launch in one day. Right. And that's like a, that's a big undertaking. <laughs> so here's something then if I, what about, um, something that could maybe help people get to the point of even being able to launch. Now this depends on what feels in alignment for you too. So mm -hmm. I can throw some ideas yeah. out at you, but it, it's not always going to be the right fit for you either. Mm -hmm. But that's something to consider. You know, people that are ready to launch, do you want to appeal to some people that uh, maybe would love to launch, but they're still figuring out their offer? That might not be your sweet spot, but that's, that's mm -hmm. a possibility. Um, something like a membership too. You could look at something like a membership. Then you're also incurring monthly revenue um, yeah. or like more annual revenue which is always nice as an entrepreneur because a lot of times it's, you know, launch and then it, <laughs> yes. it, yeah, like until you kind of get things nailed down, you can have kind of these huge dry spells between launches too. Mm -hmm. um, so that mm -hmm. can be really a really great idea. Something to think about. Um, Something else that I've been thinking about too is like um, there's so many different moving pieces of a launch. So creating like smaller programs that help people address each piece, like the social, media content the emails the live videos like what are you gonna say for all of those things what's the structure how is it linking back to your offer that sort of thing so I was thinking about I'm thinking about creating um, some kind of like template workbook program that helps them kind of do each of those things individually um, so that's something I'm working on too so. I think that's brilliant yeah, I think that's brilliant. And that that's something that would absolutely get people in the door so that mm -hmm. then they can see how awesome they are. You are how much value you're offering and then work their way up to something like a VIP day. But you also yeah. want to be coming up with other ways to bring in a little bit more passive income that isn't going to involve mm -hmm. quite as much of you and your time because you can't do a VIP, a VIP day every day. 
even if you, mm -hmm. you were, you know, even if you were going to sell out every single day of the year, you can't possibly sustain that. So mm -hmm. I, I really would encourage you to look at some other ways that will involve you maybe putting in a little bit more work up front, but then yeah. it will end up paying you back over time without you having to continuously put in the time and effort constantly. Yeah. I will say though, that like I do, one of the reasons why I chose VIP days as my main business model is because I really enjoy that like one-on-one -on -one connection. So they're priced at the price point that they are because I know I can't do a lot of them. So totally. <laughs> I really want to bring in the people who are, you know, like they're ready, they have the income, they have at least one other support team member. And those are usually the people at that like level who are, able to invest at that price point so um yes and they're, they're kind of both working together now that i've had that working I'm, i am thinking of those um accept that those programs that are accessible at a lower um or more mass market level if that makes sense yeah and i i, and I love the vip for that option because of that connection right like yeah. sometimes we can mm -hmm. get too pulled into the digital world and that's why mm -hmm. I love doing things like live events mm -hmm. because I really feed yes. off that energy. It's so yes. powerful. And, and you get to make connections with people when you're face to face that you could make digitally, but it, it would also it, take a lot longer, you a know, long, like, long, long yes. time. Like if I show up in front of you right now in like whatever I'm wearing and I kick off my shoes and I say, okay, look, Here's what we're going to talk about today. You, you're going to feel a completely different connection from me than you're you only seeing like my shoulders and my head. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's two you, different things. You can feel people's <laughs> energy. Yeah. It makes such a mm -hmm. huge difference. So no, I still love that, that in-person connection. I think that's really powerful. And I think it is starting to make a bit of a comeback too. For a I while think there, so I think too. that, yeah. yeah, we were kind of going like full digital and people are starting yeah. to come back and realize like, no, nothing actually quite replaces like actual mm -hmm. real life interaction. Yeah. 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 I've had several conversations like that recently for sure. Yeah. And that's why podcasting is amazing too, because even though it's not the one-on-one, -on -one, it is still a very intimate experience because we're talking straight into somebody's ears. So there's yeah. a huge <laughs> amount of power to that. And we feel very connected to people from that, as opposed to a lot of other platforms that are available to speak to people on. Yeah. Okay. So how, how's all this feeling is, do you still have uh, kind of like some remaining lingering questions that are, that are eating away at you? <laughs> um, not any pressing ones. I do have one last one that I wanted to ask you, but yeah. it is feeling a lot more accessible now. It's feeling a lot more, you know, like minimum value product now. Than okay, good. It was before. Before <laughs> I was thinking, I was doing the thing that I do where my brain runs like a million miles ahead of where I'm at. And I'm just like, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I have to make it a whole big production. And it really does not have to have that pressure. <laughs> it doesn't. I know. We can take some of the pressure off. <laughs> so it's feeling a lot more... Um, entry level, really simple, um, less pressure, more action kind of. Um, the last question that I had though, was like to somebody who's just starting, I don't know if you've answered this before on your podcast, you might have, <laughs> but what would you tell someone that you wish you knew when you were just starting? Oh, good question. That's a great question, actually. Um, I think I think that it would tie in with 
not stressing so much about what people think and not, not doing episodes necessarily just because it's what people want to hear, but that mm-hmm. it also has to tie in with what you are genuinely interested in because mm-hmm. people can hear that passion and that energy when you're actually excited about something. If you're, if you're showing up and you're talking about a particular topic because you think that you should, you're going to show up with a very different energy as opposed to coming to the table about something that you're actually fucking pumped about. And Mm -hmm. that is so obvious, but a lot of times the things that we are potentially really interested in talking about, we might feel like there's not really much of an audience for it or that it feels extra scary or particularly vulnerable or something like that. And then we just hold back completely and we just stop ourselves dead in our tracks. It wasn't until I, I've always been relatively vulnerable on, on my podcast, but it wasn't until I started really opening um, the floodgates and, and, and not, I've talked about, you know, using vulnerability as a commodity before and that I, I, I disagree with that. So that's sort of a different conversation, but I think just mm-hmm. being real, like just letting people see behind the curtains, coming down from the pedestal and, and letting them know that you're human too, and that you have your own shit, just like everybody else does. And you, you have your own things to deal with. And you make mistakes and you fuck up just like anyone else on the planet does. And just letting people see that side of you as opposed to always positioning yourself as the so-called expert is what is also going to allow people to connect with you on a much deeper level because we can't connect to the person up on the pedestal, but Mm -hmm. we can connect to the other human being that's more like within arm's reach. And we see ourselves in them and we're like, oh yeah, like I had that same thing happen or I had a very similar experience. That is when you build the connection. That's when you build the trust and that's when you can build a business. So, and, and that's when you're, you're also going to kind of create those raving fans that are going to share the shit out of your podcast too, because they're, <laughs> they're so excited to listen. They want everybody yeah. to hear it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. just stressing less about the judgments that can come and trusting yourself enough to know that whatever comes from you putting something out there, you will be able to handle that. There's nothing that you can't handle and that you will be able to figure it out, even if some shit does hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> even if we crap the fan. That's right. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I think so. Someone probably has. I'm sure somewhere on the corner of the internet, somebody has. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you can think of? No, I think that's it. I feel... Like this can be really simple. I can ask a couple questions and get a bit of feedback from people on Instagram, Insta stories, Facebook, and then just start. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. So, okay. Yeah, well, thank you. Gonna, this is helpful. You're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> now I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're going to pick a date for your lunch. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's do it. We're picking a date for your lunch. So we're recording. Uh, what is this? Mid-January? Yep. What day is today? I don't even know what day it is. 19th. 19th. Okay. It's the 20th for me because I'm in Bali. So, okay. Oh, yes. So, so right. we'll go with your date. So right now it's January 19th. And okay. I typically tell people to launch within about six to eight weeks, give or take. Okay. So okay. what feels most comfortable for you? but also I a tiny think- bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Six weeks is, I feel totally doable. 
I'm, like it. I've, I've taken like all the expectations off of it. So that would be, let's do a count. One, two, I'm looking at my calendar. Okay, so we're launching at the end of February. The end of February. Okay, so by, and, and you even have an extra day this year because it's a leap year. True, so true. by February 29th, we're going to be circling back with you and we're going to see if you're launching. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Okay. So Chelsea is launching February 28th, 29th by 20th. Chelsea is launching by February 29th of 2020. So yes. guys, we're going to keep Chelsea accountable and we're going to be keeping an eye out to see if her podcast launches on the 29th of February. Okay. Let's okay. <laughs> No more DMs from you about asking me about podcasts only because you're allowed to ask me more questions once you've launched. But until there then, we, go. we just need I to will get not. you launched. Yes. There we go. Okay, done. <laughs> not I'm that I'm not it. open for questions. I'm just giving you a hard time about making sure that you actually get this off the ground. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I get that and I'm with you 100%. <laughs> Amazing. I love how on board you are and you're being a very good sport about this. So I'm excited. <laughs> You know what? I am too. I think it's going to be simple, really low key, but also like it's going to build into something that I'm hoping is really impactful. And I think it will be it. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be what it starts out being. And it's just a matter of starting like everything in life. Exactly. It's just a matter of starting. Exactly. So I think it'll be good. I, think it'll I love be good. it. <laughs> okay, guys, Chelsea's launching by February 29th. So we're going to tag her in this. I will update the show notes when she launches and we will keep an eye on you from afar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily. This is really good. I really appreciated you doing this and just like reflecting back to me and kind of breaking down all the stuff because we build up so much stuff and reasons why we can't do things when it's really just as simple as as simple and probably a little bit courageous as just like taking the leap. So thank you. Exactly. Oh, you're so welcome. This was a blast for me. I had so much fun with this and I can't wait to listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much, Chelsea. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.